Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you for tuning into this episode of uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies Match Recap. Normally we have the whole team here with us, but we were trying to record earlier, but it was just kind of a uh, tough setting in a sense. A lot of noise in the background and a lot of people that were over. Um, but again, shout out to all the boys, the Rowdies especially, for coming away with this win. Um, we were playing FC Tulsa in their home home pitch, and we wound up winning 2-0. Uh, FC Tulsa fell to 7-8-10. and 10. Um, They got a goal, Philip Goodrum, in the 76th minute off a penalty. Um, Cal Jennings scored in the 50th minute, and uh, J.J. Williams scored in the 59th minute against his former club. With He came out of that game with a goal and an assist, a stellar performance from J.J. Williams. The Rowdies now ascend to 13-5-6. We are looking very good. Uh, in the final stretch here and especially against a team like this there is history against FC Tulsa we just continuously continuously dominate them Um, and we are now pushed into second in our it's looking like in in total um, full table let me look at the full table here no we're second in the east probably around fifth or fourth uh, in the in the full table, but in in the Eastern Conference here we are second. Twenty four games played, thirteen wins, five draws, six losses, forty one. Um, excuse me. Goals for okay, so we have forty one goals for twenty three assists, plus eighteen goal differential, and forty four points. Very nice, awesome. Yeah, no, we're really showing out, especially at this crunch time. Um, but in this game in particular, we did not hold possession. We really didn't. It was 45% Rowdy's 55% Tulsa, um, FC Tulsa, excuse me. Um, they had nine shots on goal, three on target. We had 17 shots on goal, six on target. They had 12 fouls, we had 15 fouls, and 3 yellow cards. They had 1 yellow card, no red cards were given. They had 7 offside penalties, or calls. We had 1 offside call. There was 11 corner kicks for the Rowdies, and only 1 for FC Tulsa. We had 2 saves compared to their 4. Looks like their goalie was very active on that pitch, if you will. Um, moving here to, I guess, some of the goal contributions here. Um, bear with me. We, uh, okay. So again, Cal Jennings got the goal in the 50th minute, which he had a nice performance. And when these guys both play and and they're both in rhythm, they can do really good things on the pitch together for our offense. Um, Jake LaCava kind of heading up that triple-headed attack really really makes this offense work. And now we're seeing Nicky Law in rhythm. Um, In my opinion, he is the man of the match. It's his fourth game in, and we've seen not only consistency, but good offensive production and output, and it's not shocking. We have the players, we have the talent, we have the talent to be the best club in the USL Championship League for sure. Would I love to see the Tampa Bay Rowdies elevated and promoted only if American soccer did that to the MLS? I would love it. 
They deserve it. We could compete with these teams in the MLS and maybe even win. But J.J. Williams and Cal Jennings as that you know dual striker setup is working. Forrest Lasso, uh, for, for what I know, was not in the game. Um, it was Anthony, Kleeman, and Gwian as our back three. Jan Ekra and Charlie Dennis in the center mid. Jake Arman and uh, Doherty in the you know kind of wings. And then with our three-head attack, Jake LaCava, J.J. Williams, and Cal Jennings. Um, so we did that 3-4-3, which I honestly like. Charlie Dennis did get a yellow. Jake Otterman got a yellow. J.J. Williams got a yellow. But J.J. had a goal and an assist in this game, um, which is only what you want to see, honestly. Um, it looks like Jake LaCava got subbed for Ariel Martinez, and Cal Jennings got subbed for Joshua Perez, our new guy. Uh, really excited to see him. Um, obviously, didn't see much of the ball, but really good to see him getting some minutes and some just genuine on-pitch time. Um, and then looks like Jan Ekro was subbed out by Deion Harris. Um, and on their pitch, on their side of the pitch, it looked like uh, Justin Malou got uh, subbed off of for Marcus Epps, who's a good player. Eric Bird got subbed off of for Blaine Ferry. Uh, Colin Fernandez got subbed off for Nathan Worth. Um, Philip Goodrum is their only good player, in my per- personal opinion, like really certifiably good. Out of the L- MLS, um, overall, just a really solid career. Um, he's just been having a rough go at it with his team, um, you know, and that's unfortunate for him. He's had two goals in the past six, excuse me, five matches, and they've only had one win in their five matches. Um, so he's having a struggle patch here as well. But FC Tulsa overall really isn't that good of a team. I'm not really concerned about what they brought to the table with their 5-3-2 setup. They really were obviously struggling on defense. They had five guys back there. Obviously their wingers were probably pressing up in the in the center of the, the pitch there. But just a weird formation, a weird club. They've lost 10 matches now. I, I don't see them doing any better but remaining at that table, that spot at the table. Um, but I guess we can kind of go into... I, I predicted, I think, a 3-1 game, but I'm, I'm glad that we won 2-1 two, there, and, and we kind of proved our point. We didn't even play possession ball like we were talking about last episode um, on the Rowdies. They, we did not win in possession here, but we won on shots. We were taking chances, and the more chances you take, the more often than not something's going to happen. And I love that about this team. We do got to be careful with the yellow cards. It looks like we were really bodying these guys around. Um, I mean, three yellow cards were given out. They had seven offsides. That's really not good for them. Um, but for the, I mean, around the first 50 minutes, this game was pretty stagnant, pretty pretty boring. And then, obviously, the first goal, and then the second goal, and then Goodrum came back with an attempt to kind of get the uh, get FC Tulsa going, but they just couldn't capitalize in the remaining minutes of the of the match, um, which is unfortunate for them. Um, but I guess we can kind of go into next week's match. Uh, let me just do a quick search. Um, Hopefully you guys are enjoying the lo-fi in the background in these episodes. We try and make sure that that's uh, 
prevalent. And you know, shout out to Dave uh, for recommending that we do this all the time because of the sound. It just sounds a lot better uh, overall. Moving into next weekend here. So on Wednesday, Loudoun United plays Memphis. That'll be a good game. Memphis will knock them out. Um, FC Tulsa is playing Louisville City on Friday. Um, Colorado Spring uh, Spring Switchbacks FC are playing Birmingham Legion on Friday as well. Charleston Battery versus Oakland Roots SC is playing on Friday. Um, and then on Saturday, Hartford Athletic takes on New Mexico United. Uh, Indy 11 plays Memphis. Wow, dude, they got a Memphis is a short turnaround because the final game of this week is on Wednesday. So Memphis will have to play Indy 11. Then Pittsburgh, we play Pittsburgh again. Okay, I might just be completely wrong here. Yeah, no, th- this is yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Not the updated week. My bad. Yeah, Friday we already played Tulsa. We won 2-1. Moving to next week. I apologize for building that up. None of those games. Those were all previous weeks. Excuse me, guys. But on Wednesday, August 23rd, Hartford Athletic will play the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Um, same day, FC Tulsa will take on Birmingham Legion FC. Same day, Memphis 901 FC will be taking on Indy 11. Same day, New Mexico United will be taking on Oakland Roots SC. And then on Saturday, August 26th, Hartford Athletic will take on El Paso Locomotive FC. Indy 11 will take on Loudoun United FC. We're playing Miami FC in Ricardo Silva Stadium. So we're going to shit on these guys because they are our rival. Uh, This is the Southern Derby. This is the Southern Derby. If you're a Rowdies fan, you better be tuning into this cable or getting your ass to Ricardo Silva Stadium if you're out there in Miami in that area. For real. And then, just touching up on the rest of these games, um, Louisville plays Oakland, Rio Grande Valley plays San Diego, New Mexico plays FC Tulsa, San Diego, San Antonio, eh, excuse me, San Antonio plays Pittsburgh, Monterey Bay plays Colorado, Las Vegas plays Phoenix, Sacramento plays Orange County, and then Birmingham and Detroit play on Sunday on the 27th in Protective Stadium. Shout out Protective Stadium. Shout out Birmingham. Great stadium. Um... But now going into this matchup against the Rowdies uh, and Miami FC, this is going to be a big game here. I mean, if we're breaking it down, th- this is a rivalry. The-, the first big memory of the Rowdies I have is when they played Miami FC in the playoffs uh, not even a year ago. And it was just electric. It was electric. So we'll see about this. I'm predicting a relatively good game. Um, Miami is not too good in the USL, but they're obviously ascending an MLS, so they might have acquired some new talent for this team. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say the Rowdies win handedly 2-0 here. Um, I think Cal Jennings will have another goal. Charlie Dennis will have a goal. Jake Arman will have an assist. And J.J. Williams will have an assist as well. Um, I think Cal Jennings and JJ need to keep that up, keep starting those two guys together because it just works. The chemistry there, it's it, it just works. They play well together. There's a good offensive production out of that unit that works. And Jake LaCava is a really good 
assist guy. He's a set-piece guy, and I really appreciate what he's brought to the, the team since he joined. Uh, he played for us last year, um, but I'm really glad that he came back and, and joined in the reins for Tampa. And we really have shown, you know, not as good of an offense since Spalding was there. Shout-out to Spalding for, you know, doing what he's doing in the MLS. But Jake LaCava is kind of almost implementing such a such a scheme to where he doesn't really have that, like, fast break on the ball, but he has really good handles and touch to where he's able to center and, and create plays, and he has a good boot on him. You know, he can genuinely, you know, kind of create a good ball. Um, but I really want to see him utilize, you know, more touch ability inside the box. I want to see him get more chances uh, because I really do think that he has the creativity as well as the the skills to be able to get some more goal contributions in general. And he's done really well so far uh, for our offense and for our club in general, especially when him and JJ are on the pitch together. It really does show uh, their chemistry that they've kind of built over the past couple games and the past couple weeks. And I think Nikki Law is utilizing uh, JJ Williams just the right amount on offense, making sure that headers are being shot in and created for him, making sure that he's not really being asked to do much inside the box other than head. Get the header, get the get the you know body the defender. Use your actual stature to be able to utilize your skills and you know touch touch pass a ball in or you know something like that. I really would like to see more shots from our center um, our, our our center field. Like Charlie Dennis, I want to see him take some more shots because whenever he, you know, is lined up for a PK, he's going to get it. But I just want to see him utilize more shots with spacing, especially outside the box. Like, I know not everything's going to go in, but just, you know, make that defense, you know, conscious about it. You know, make them aware uh, to try and shut down those lanes and spacing so that we can open out the, uh, we can open up the outside, get LaCava more involved. Because if Dennis is taking sniper shots from the middle, then that opens up that space on the outside for LaCava to kind of go around, make that flanking maneuver, and set up something nice for JJ or Cal Jennings in the center. And I think that's how that recipe needs to continue to work. And just, I'm glad that Nikki Law is able to capsulate this and he's been able to utilize the best of our abilities to not only get out to comfortable leads, but put up really good numbers. We won 2 1. That's really good that we went out of there with a victory, no draws. You know, he's only lost once against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, and it was a 1-0 lead. It was a very slow, slow game, and they scored in the first three minutes. So it was one of those games where we really needed to kind of score, and I'm glad that we haven't stuttered like that since. I don't think we're, we're going to stutter against Miami. Um, this is a genuine hatred. Uh, this is a rivalry. This is the Southern Derby of the USL Championship League. So make sure you're tuning in if you're a Rowdies fan. Make sure you're tuning in if you're a Miami fan. This is a very heated matchup whenever it comes down to it. Um, also a very exciting one. I really enjoy watching these two teams play because the hatred is there. The the the, the rivalry is there. And it really does show, especially when they're on the pitch. They do caps a lot. They, 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 they do get physical. There is a lot of that aggression that you see on the pitch. And, and I'm not going to lie. There are some instances where even Forrest Lasso himself got into the face of some Miami players, but I feel like that's with everyone. I mean, Miami FC is kind of that team that no one really likes in this, in this league. Um, I feel like they're very, very, 
very sketch, especially with some of the calls, especially in that playoff game. It was a very, very weird game. But overall, you, you, you sense the rivalry going into this game, this match. This is a big match for the club. Nicky Law needs to prove that he can win in these clutch moments and show that the fans, um, that he can please the fans. The fans do not like this team. There was a very heated moment. You've heard the story on this podcast quite a bit. Um, about how Miami FC fans are incredibly disrespectful. So we need to put them in their place this weekend. Nicky Law needs to come out of here with a 2-0 victory. And I want to see just pure class. I want to see Charlie Dennis get accurate touches, take shots. Even though if he doesn't get one, I think he will get one this week. But even if he even if he doesn't, even if I'm wrong about that, I just want to see him take more shots on goal. The more chances we create, we had 17 shots on goal. That's all like that's why we won. We didn't win the possession. We didn't win possession. We didn't probably didn't win the passing stats either. But it, genuinely, if we take more shots on goal with the guys we have, we have the talent to be able to you know, kind of make wow go- goals in this league, honestly. Charlie Dennis has that that goal creating ability for some reason. And you know, when that happens, you know, no one no defense in this league can stop it in my opinion. And I just want to see more of that, more chances on goal. You know, even if we don't win possession, even if we're not playing smart when it comes to passing, even if we're not setting up good plays, I just really want to see this team take more shots on goal, and I think we'll come out on top with a nice 2-0 victory. Connor Sparrow will get a nice clean sheet, maybe a nice save or two as well, but um, from what I understand, Miami FC is bottom table in the East, um, definitely bottom table in the league, so we'll see how we how we fare. But I think after Nicky Law showcasing this nice sample size uh, of his coaching ability for the Rowdies, I think we'll get a nice glimpse of what he's able to do, you know, after this nice growth period that he's had with the club. You know, he's gotten down the chemistry with the roster, the lineup, and he knows what works, what doesn't. I really like this formation. Um, I hope we're able to stick to the 3-4-3. I think it simplifies things for our, te- our, our players and our club. Um, and we get to utilize some of our guys to the best of their abilities. Connor Antley is able to step up and make more aggressive offensive plays, send shots in, take a shot maybe every now and then. You know, I want to see more shots out of him, maybe one shot a half out of him on goal. I'd like to see more out of our defensive backs and get them up utilizing that center that center line and, and setting up plays to take stress off LaCava so that maybe he can even get more shots on goal. I would just really like to see more of that, more creativity with our lineup. But I, overall, I think that we're being very well coached, very well run by, by Nicky Law and his staff. I think that they're utilizing all of our players and skill sets to the best of their ability, putting them in um, positions to succeed, especially against these lesser clubs. We're in a patch now where we're, we are playing lesser clubs and we can definitely take, you know, kind of helm of that and just go on a little win streak here. That would be very, very appreciated and a really good late season kind of push um, to get us, you know, hopefully better seeding and positioning in playoff time. And hopefully we can, you know, utilize this to kind of develop some of our new guys like Joshua Perez and Abel Cabuto just so that they're able to get some playoff uh, minutes in as well. Because I think that's also crucial for player development because if these guys are back next season, I want them to be ready. You know, I want them to be ready to play against Birmingham, uh, Birmingham Legion. I want them to be ready to play against Sacramento, some of the better teams in this league. So that's just something to think about, especially if you're a Rowdies fan. And just a name to look out for is Joshua Perez. I really do believe that he will make an impact on this club. Caden was hyping this guy up. I really think that he's going to be able to develop here and showcase his abilities and bring his you know class of soccer to the USL championship and I think he'll definitely be able to become what Jake Otterman has become maybe a little better 
I really like Jake Ottoman, but I really want him to be able to take more shots on goal, and just his accuracy is a little off. I'm not going to lie, I really want more out of him, and I've been kind of disappointed from Jake Ottoman as of late, mainly because I expect more, uh, you know, goal contributions, more, more, more good plays out of him, and I just don't see that. He has good handle and good touch, but I just overall do not think he has the accuracy to be a shooter in this league, um, at least a consistent one. You know, maybe we'll see one here and there out of him, but he, you know, he has open shots that just, you know, evade him, you know, and I just don't like seeing that out of our younger players. Obviously, more of that's going to come with time, but I just want to see that get more refined when it comes down to playoff time, when we need clutchness more than anything. But uh, thank you so much for tuning into this Tampa Bay Rowdies match review. And make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads at Tea Time Reports. Any kind of constructive criticism or any kind of, uh, you know, anything you guys want to say to us, you know, shoot us a text, shoot us an email. It's all there. Uh, but thank you all f- so much for the support. Take care. This is Trevor signing out. Peace.